When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, Packers fans? I'm Aaron. He's Andy. You know the drill. It's Monday. That means we get to talk about another Packers loss. Andy, tell me anything positive coming out of this game. Because, you know, I understand the idea of this season turning the page from Aaron Rodgers. It was going to be frustrating at times, but at times is becoming all the time. Yeah, a little bit of frustration uh, isn't necessarily the worst thing when you're rebuilding. A lot of frustration is always a bad thing. Uh, all right, let's start with positives. I thought you actually hit the nail on the head when you tweeted out uh, the two players on defense, Preston Smith, yeah. TJ Slayton. Thought both of them played really good football this week, which was nice to see. Thought Elton Jenkins had one of his best weeks of football this week. That was yep. a nice positive to see. Everything else was pretty much unmitigatedly terrible. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln. Other yeah, than that, no. yeah, those, those no. were a few positives to take away, at least. And well, I mean, hey, run defense. Two yards per carry run I know. defense. See, Two yards but per carry. That's... this is a game where you can't even get excited about that. because, And here's the thing, and I know you know this. But so you get them, you stop because they tried to run on first down quite a bit. And they were very, the Packers defense was very stout on first down, getting them into second down. And then second down, they give up like four or five yards, something, maybe three or two. And you're like in third and long. And you're thinking that should be an advantage for the defense. It should be. However, in Green Bay, that is not the case. That is, hey, hey, let's make sure we play deep, deep, deep coverage so that we keep everything in front of us, and then rally and tackle, except they always seem to forget the rally and tackle part. And not only the forgetting the rally and tackle part, I think that there is a certain aspect that they don't realize teams can go for it on fourth down. I don't know if you, did you remember right. playing Madden online back in the day where if yes. you didn't convert the third down, they forced you to punt the ball. Like they yes. wouldn't let you go on certain fourth down. Correct. I think that they think that we are playing Madden rules from like 2010. Right. They're like, oh, it's fourth down. They Automatic have- punt. Yep. It's like this This team league, leads the league in giving up one less yard than needed on third down. So it'll be third and 14, they give up 13. It's third and 10, they give up nine. And then, of course... And, and then, lo this, and behold, what does this, that mean for fourth down, Andy? Let the people game, know. It was only one for one, but on the year, they gave up a ton of, a ton of those fourth down conversions. Minnesota's dumb to kick the first goal. I couldn't goal believe that it. first drive. I couldn't believe Minnesota kicked the field goal. I couldn't no, believe it. No, me neither. But thank you, Minnesota. They, they, like, that's another thing. Like Minnesota, like the Raiders earlier this year, did everything they could to just keep being like, hey, you want to stay in this game? They're like, right. we're we're happy to have you stay in this game. And we're like, yep. nah, we're fine. Nope. Nope. But here's the other. Okay, so 
it feels like low-hanging fruit to pick on Joe Barry in the defense because there are so many kind of repeatable kind of things that we've gotten used to, right? It's a rhythm yeah. almost. Like, yes, they will every once in a while produce a three and out or create – uh, you know, a negative play, and you think, okay, there's, you know, a glimpse of something. But then you flip it over on the offensive side of the ball. My God. I mean, you talk about a team that cannot get out of its own way, and more than anything, and uh, look, no one is saying that Jordan Love is playing perfect ball, but my God, can someone make a play for this kid at some point? It was beyond belief yesterday how l- almost every single like eligible receiver on the roster took turns dropping a ball or not fighting for a ball that should have helped not only Jordan Love, but the offense in general. Uh, it's bewildering to me to watch that output yesterday. It, it really is. I mean, you've obviously have the huge one with Jaden Reed where it hits him right in the hands. He's got every opportunity not only to catch a ball and make a play and get, I don't know what, 20, 30 yards on the play somewhere around there, right? but to not even have it be broken up but then to have it just ripped away and intercepted and going in the opposite direction, just a massive play in the game, clearly, and not not on Jordan, really, in any way, shape, or form. Then you've got, uh, you know, Christian Watson, I think, had four opportunities for 50-50 jump balls. Yep. Like, this is a 6-4 super freak athlete that should be able to go up in sky and get a ball and say and have a my ball mentality and say, and like, Listen, if he comes up with like one of the four, like I'm cool with it. Like yes, they're not easy exactly. plays. They're, right. they're not easy plays, but you got to come up with something every once in a while and help your quarterback out. Like you said, you've got the Dontavian Wicks one that's just a slant play and hits him right in the hands. Like that, that prop that I say it's probably going to result in points. It's a first and goal from I the mean, one. It is know, the Green Bay Packers. It is the Green so, Bay Packers. You know, so you don't know, but it should result in points if he just catches an easy pass to get the first down there. It's just those sort of things where Luke Musgrave right in the hands, Aaron Jones right in the hands. It's it's ever it's again the Russian roulette wheel of who's going to screw up on this play. We get to find out next. And yeah, that, speaking of uh, Russian roulette of who's going to screw up next along the offensive line, we actually finally saw Yash Nyman inserted, and for the handful of plays we saw, seemed to acquit himself quite favorably until he got hurt because it is 2023 and it is the Green Bay Packers. So of course he had to be added to the list of injuries but it's fascinating to me how we can see that right and then we can see josh myers uh on the very first drive of the game on a third and short i guess completely decide that i'm not going to block the defensive tackle and look i don't know what the blocking assignments are i don't i don't you know i I, i'm imagining they wanted the defensive tackle blocked that's my guesswork here but like you know when you hear Stenovich talking about how Myers is playing the best ball of his career, and then you see that on the field. It just feels. And then on top of Nyman being unable to get on the field after the you know, tender of this offseason and paying them what he did, it just feels like there's a significant disconnect between what they're seeing on the coaching staff and possibly what the front office expects and, and is giving to them. And for the life of me, I can't figure out, like, is it just a possible, like, we are going to go through the season come hell or high water because we want these guys to get as much experience as possible? Because there's no other, like, possible explanation in my book after watching guys make repeated mistakes. Yeah, and it's it's hard to even come to that conclusion because if, if that's the case, right, 
in my opinion, the the worst offensive lineman isn't Rasheed Walker. It's not Josh Myers. It wasn't even maybe Royce Newman. John Runyon Jr.'s had a terrible, terrible year. Right. And certainly for the standard that he's set for himself in the past, and he's not on a contract next year. So like if that is like, hey, we're just going to try to get players in that are you know going to be on the team next year and we want to see some of the – like. All right, well, that should probably be Sean Ryan at that point. If you want to go young and you want to go with develop, like, right. All right, then you go Rasheed Walker and Elton Jenkins and Myers, and and you go with all guys that are going to be here next year. But it's not that. So, like, is it just the what they're putting on the tape and on the field? Because again, it, it's hard to get behind some of the Rasheed Walker decisions. Yash had his ups and downs in this game as well. But again, it, it, the frustrating thing is like we we all have like it doesn't take a professional level scout to see that Josh Myers is not playing great football. We can have right. semantics discussion of what level of play that's at, but to come out and right. say, he's like, he's playing the best football of his career. It just, it seems like it gives him a free pass then to be like, okay, like that, if this is an acceptable level of play, fine. Right. So be it. I'm sure Josh is intrinsically motivated and I'm sure the coaches are giving him the tips that he needs on the back end. It's not that huge of a deal. It just, it just sounds bad. The optics are terrible. So and again, that's like 98th in the list of things that are right. problems right now. But um, yeah, the offensive line, that play where you mentioned, I posted it on Twitter. You've got Rashid that completely misses on a block. You've got Josh Myers doing a belly flop. John Runyon Jr. goes the wrong way. Like you can see Zach Tom after the play going like you were supposed to go that way and right. Runyon goes this way and you end up with a defensive tackle that's just in his lap. You've got Christian Watson blocking a linebacker and you've got A.J. Dillon getting the ball, looking up and seeing two guys right in his face. And it's just, it's the third, fourth, fourth play of the game. And this is that's a third my one. Thing. This is two weeks in a row. Yeah. Two weeks in a row where the opening series has a play where we can't block a run play. Like, where, like you have to assume these are the openers. These are yeah. the openers. This is something you've supposedly drilled during the week. Yeah. You would think. How are you going the wrong way? Like a third and one on on the fourth, fourth or fifth play of the game. And like this should be a staple play that you've run a hundred times before. And nobody nobody's going the wrong direction. Nobody's making the like it's insane. What I what I keep wondering is, you know, as far as all the mistakes and everything we're seeing it does feel like the only way out. And look, we can bark until the moon is blood red about having to change offensive linemen or trying to change the approach on defense or blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, we know we're, what, week eight now? That's not happening. It's very, very abundantly clear sitting here on the outside looking in. The coaches are not going to change their approach. They're not going to dramatically change much as far as what they're asking these guys to do. So if there is going to be improvement on this team in the second half of the season, it's going to have to come from guys playing better and more consistently. That's frustrating as hell because that's not like reactionary, right? As far as, okay, this guy messed up, so we are going to change things. That's what we see as an obvious solution, right? But it's clear the coaches think these guys just need to play better. Who? Uh, let me ask you, if if that were to be the case, who do you think, okay, yes, they're inconsistent, but I've seen flashes as opposed to, okay, that guy's a lost cause and I don't see much of anything happening in that room. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, 
Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's so hard because I think what we're seeing, and I, I forget who tweeted, I think it was actually um, Winks Thinks. I think it was uh, our friend from uh, Milwaukee. I think right. he tweeted something to the effect of like, um, there's so many variables out that you have, you don't have a constant right. to measure everything against. Yep. And when you've got a variable at quarterback, five variables at wide receiver, two variables <laughs> at tight end, five, four or five, probably four variables along the offensive line. It's hard to be with any level of consistency to measure everything else that's going out, you know, alongside the field. There are times where I think, yeah, like I think Jordan's throwing some really nice balls. Like we talked about earlier and receivers need to do a better job for him. There's other times where Romeo Dobbs is chilling along the sideline Mm -hmm. and Jordan love bounces the ball five yards underneath them. And it's like, I, I can see, some flashes from a lot of these guys. Dontavian Wicks, we saw flashes, but he has an awful drop this week. Jaden Reed, we had the big miss play this week. He also had a couple of the bigger plays in this game. You can see the flashes from him. Um, as, as far as like lost cause, it's, it's again, it, it's hard. I don't think any of these young rookie wide receivers or tight ends, Jordan Love, I don't think any of them are lost causes at this point. I think you just need to see a better level of consistency from just about everyone. And I do think, I still think, and maybe this is just me being dumb. I think if everyone just plays a tiny bit better and just makes some of the simple things happen, it would really be shocking to see just how much better this team plays on Sunday. I'm not saying it's playoff worthy football or anything like that, but it would, I promise you it's competitive football. It's a much better brand of football than what we've been seeing so far. I'm trying to think on like, there's, there's not a ton of guys that I'm right. just being like, I'm, I'm out on DeGuara. I'm out on Royce Newman. I'm like, there's certain guys that I, I don't need to see much more of that yep. we've seen for three or four years at this point. But for the most part, I just want to see players play better. And that's not happening, which is the frustrating part. I'm glad you brought up DeGuara because that's something that I saw kind of going around. And I think you may have kickstarted it with your uh, re-evaluation of the draft classes in the last like four or five years or whatever it was. But I mean, you bring up a good point, right? I mean, as far as the timing on the switch the timing of turning the page from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love he doesn't have a ton of vet support because a lot of the guts of those drafts that were leading up to this changeover I think he's done better these last couple drafts but you go back to 2020 you go back to 2019 2020 man it's a wasteland there's yeah. n- there most of the guys aren't even here anymore, and if they are, they're like Deguara, and they're not really helping you in any significant way. Does Brian going forward? And I don't expect I mean, we're recording this the day before the trade deadline. I highly doubt the Packers are involved in any way as far yeah. as being buyers or sellers. But looking to you know down the stretch here, and then going into the off season, do you think he has to or does entertain the idea of making some significant? changes slash investments because of needing to support I mean just the players he's accumulated and put on the field in a way that he hasn't with a draft and develop philosophy I mean we did see him back in 2019 where he did make a number of signings right that kind of I mean for the Green Bay Packers a bit of a splash in free agency signing four guys off the street all kind of significantly early in the process 
Or do you think they continue down this road of like, look, those drafts just didn't work out and we're going to continue to draft and develop. We've got some promising guys here now uh, and that's going to be the way forward. Yeah, Green Bay would never be stubborn about anything like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Green Bay? Stubborn? No. Uh, I will say this. I think when temperatures start to heat up a little bit on, you know, the the state of football in Green Bay, Mm. I think you see a level, you will see a level of aggressiveness that I think maybe we haven't seen in the past. And I think you will see a push, whether it's from the coaching staff, whether it's from the GM, whether from whomever to say like, Hey, things, things are getting a little bit hotter. We got to win some football games. We got to win some football games. (laughs) And I would not be surprised at all if they took a much more aggressive approach, whether that be via trade, you know, early draft picks moving up free agency, whatever to sort of say like, Hey, all right, we, we need to, we need to get some wins in the wing column. I do want to ask you though, cause I know I listened to your, your video this morning of saying like, (laughs) <laughs> this is a long-term plan, right? And we're in the very beginning stages of this long-term plan and, and we have to have patience. And I think that's, that's all. That's my assumption, right? Yeah. Sitting from the outside, looking in how they've operated. I don't know what other conclusion I can come to. That's yeah. what, That's my takeaway, right? And I, and I think that's totally fair. It's not anything that I necessarily disagree with. I'm more just curious of like, so here, I, I want to give you my read of what their vision was. And I want you then to be able to rip it to shreds in any way that you would like. <laughs> right. Um, I think that they thought, and maybe it's just because it's kind of what I thought too. Mm -hmm. I think they saw, all right, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs did some really nice things a season ago and thought that that could continue to be developed. I think they thought they were going to be able to return an entire offensive line plus David Bakhtiari that, you know, we talk about all the youth and inexperience on this team. This should have theoretically been your all pro left tackle, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, left guard of third year starter in Josh Myers of fourth years, third year starter in John Runyon jr. Um, and then uh, Zach Tom at a right tackle who has obviously not only thought that he, he would play well, but has played really well with a Yash Nyman as a potential swing tackle and what looked like on paper, a really significant, you know, potential step in the right direction for the offensive line Two veteran running backs in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, I think they thought, all right, you've got this fourth-year quarterback, you've got some extreme youth and inexperience on the outside, but two wide receivers that we've seen some results from, and we're going to give you this returning offensive line with Bakhtiari, two veteran running backs, and we think that this offensive line in the running game will be able to get you through some things, and that, and again, the, the pass protection on the offensive line, while Love and these wide receivers work out some of the issues that are inherently going to be there through the youth of this team. And then you have... Bakhtiari have the injury. Aaron Jones has played such a small percentage of the snaps so far this year. And the two biggest pieces of that have basically been a non-factor through the course of the season. The one game where they were a factor, they won very easily. They walked up and down the field at times. Exactly. When when the coaching staff deigned to use Aaron Jones. (laughs) Aaron Jones, right? Exactly. So I think that happens. And then you've got, I think up until this week, Jenkins, who hadn't been playing as well, also hurt. Myers didn't step up. Runyon doesn't step up. And Zach Tom's kind of the only guy that does. Meanwhile, Dobbs and Watson kind of take, whether we want to call it a step back or just are going through some growing pains, whatever it is. I think they thought they had somewhat of a vision to get through this with hopefully a defense that was going to take a step that also hasn't taken a step. And now you had this kind of vision for like, hey, we can kind of win some games while we're going through this. And now it just all has kind of crumbled underneath them. So I think it's a long-term plan, but I think they had were still hoping to have short-term success in some oh, capacity. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I don't think it was ever the idea of, oh, we're going to lose a ton of games this year yeah. while we do this, right? But to your point, 100%. Yes, they thought they had a way of working with Bakhtiari the end of last year, keeping him on the field. 
appendectomies notwithstanding. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, we figured out how to keep him on the field. He is the best in the business when he's out there. To your point, we got the best left side of football with him and Jenkins together. We've got, yeah, a guy who's coming up at center, third year, hopefully starts, you know, materializing, mm-hmm. so to speak. You got these running backs. The best back hasn't been healthy at all. They haven't had any health up front. Like, yeah, I think 100% the things they were counting on fell apart on them. And it's not worst-case scenario by any stretch, but and this is where I come down on the disconnect part. Like, okay, so you, I would think, me being a practical man, that's how I roll, is, okay, these things that we expected to be there have seriously, like, disappeared or not materialized. So if I'm Brian, I'm sitting there going, well, you've still got pieces, but why are we running out, like, four wide, five empty, when we don't have the experience to do that? Like, Jordan is searching for anything, and we can't hold up up front. And what, where, where are, like, well, I think we should be meshing teams to death. We should be doing. We could should be spamming rollouts where you have a delineated read. Like if it's not there deep, hit your check down onto the next play. But instead, we're seeing lots of this like long developing, multi progression, a bunch of different concepts. Like I, I'm confused as to the approach. Or button it up three yards in a cloud of dust. Yes, it's going to be boring. Yes, it's going to be ugly. But there's a better chance of success there than there is in whatever the hell they keep trying to accomplish on offense with the pieces they have. And this is something I used to yell about with McCarthy, and I'm starting to yell about it with LaFleur. And it, maybe it's a coaching thing. Maybe it's like, like an NFL coach's thing, right? Coach the team you have. But it's so clear that they are – and this is why I asked you the question before. It's like they're so insistent on, no, we're going to do it our way. This is our system. You've got to just – you've got to play better. Well, I don't – I think we've seen, you know, not the best of these guys, but we've seen how they operate in the framework and the structure that you're giving them. Maybe try a different structure. That's – to me, that's – I, I got to think. Brian's probably pulling his hair out in the press box every week, like watching them – you know, operate the way they are on offense. I mean, I just, uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's the thing where if there was an easy answer, I'm sure they would find it. But I think yep. that's a component. It's uh, To me, it feels like it has to be a component of it. You know what I mean? We're in lockstep. The, the confusion of the offense and what they're trying to accomplish on a week-to-week basis. And, again, it, it, when you don't have a staple of something you do well, it's really hard to kind of base anything off of anything else. Oh, they and, do something well. They 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 get holding calls and delay of games. And, number one. And, number and, one. Man, shooting themselves in the foot. That's what they're really good at. That is their A number one priority. All right, looking at the Rams game, is this the uh, one game they can win for the rest of the year? Well, if Matthew Stafford is out, it's definitely that opportunity. It looks like he's probably going to be out. Get Brett Ribbon versus Jordan Love. What more could you possibly want? Lambeau Field, Sunday matchup. Throwback jerseys, reportedly. So, you know, maybe we'll get, uh, you know, 1950s-style play to go with the 1950s jersey. It'll it'll be great. (laughs) That would be nice. That's what I'm expecting, anyway. Yeah, I mean... Andy, you're yeah, an absolute legend. I can't, I can't thank you enough, man. Yeah, I, I really get on here and I just like kind of like explode on you, and you always like take it so well and and calm me down, and I really appreciate it. I do my best, and uh, happy to do it again next week if we if, if we need more therapy. We're, Hopefully, we don't. Oh, oh, we're going to regardless, yeah. even if they win. Like I'll, I'm sure I'll find stuff that I'm upset about. Fair. Thanks so much, Andy. Thanks, Andy.